0: Welcome to the Anorexic Bulimic Special Focus Meeting. My name is Kathy. I'm a vomiter, binge vomiter, compulsive overeater, and I'm your speaker for this meeting. And there may be one additional person, but I understand that person may be sick. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, God, grant me the serenity to to accept the things I cannot change. change Courage Courage to change change the things things I can, and and the the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. My book, my sponsor says, we have to say that as it is in the big book. I will not mind be done again. Okay, before we get started, sorry, I'm a little nervous. We ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices please be turned off. To protect our anonymity, please, no photography, video, or Audio recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this meeting is 55-minute uh, sessions as follows, a short reading, then we will each share, the, there's supposed to be another person who may show up, I don't know, I'm going to share for 20 minutes, and if the other person comes, they have 20 minutes. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> the topic for the special focus is anorexia bulimia. Um, some people say restrictor, and I say vomitor because when I started, there was no word for bulimia. Okay. The following is a reading from OA members come in all sizes. It's a pamphlet, and it's from pages one, two, pages one and two. Many of us come to OA desperate and unhappy. As we listen to those who have been in OA a long time, we come to realize that it is not how much we weigh or even how much we eat or don't eat that brings us to OA. It is the ways we have desperately tried to control our food, eating, and weight. Some of us have tried to control our weight with extreme diets and exercise regimes. Some of us have gained and lost the same 20, 25 or more Pounds for many years, and the struggle has left us demoralized, frustrated, and feeling like failures. Some of us are so afraid to get fat that we starve ourselves for periods of time or we get rid of excess food by throwing up or purging with laxatives. But no matter how different our bodies may look or how different our behaviors around food and exercise may be, we all share two important things a problem. Despite our willpower, desire, and efforts, we have been increasingly unable to control our behavior around food. A solution, we have found a workable solution in the 12 Steps and the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous, and we have found that they work equally well for anorexic, bulimic, or compulsive overeater with little weight to lose. Okay, I will now share my experience, strength, and hope on this topic. Okay, somebody's going to kind of watch for the 20 minutes, which will be 5 minutes to 11. I'm going to, I don't know how that's going to go exactly. I'm Kathy. I'm a binge vomiter, compulsive eater. Hi, I Kathy. Kathy. A little nervous, sorry. Hands are shaking. My nervous is um, part of my surrender, and it's, I have been doing this, I've been in program a long, long time, and it doesn't matter. If I'm standing in front of the room and I'm going to share my story, I'm scared. I'm scared that my story's gonna to be too creepy, too, too much trauma, too much whatever. I still feel like I'm either worse than everybody else or more horrible or more whatever. So, and today I'm feeling a little even more vulnerable. I've got some issues going on in my life like most people do and so I'm feeling a little vulnerable I've made a few phone calls, been a little teary. Um, just to tell my background a little bit um, I'm going to put out a few things I'm going to put out a few things because when I came to this program I was 17 years old it was 1965 and I had already been vomiting for three years and I found OA in the San Fernando Valley in the Van Nuys huge giant and there has been 110 people there I'd already done Weight Watchers I'd already done other lots of other things but with all those people there, you know, I talked about binging, everybody talked about binging, but nobody said they gagged themselves and threw it all back up again. And my mine was so addictive that I was doing this all day long, getting home from school, binging, throwing up, binging, throwing up, it just was madness. And I couldn't be the only person in the room who said this. It was this I thought there was nobody else on the planet. So I did get a sponsor, and um, I don't want this to sound like she was bad, but I was a teenager. I was hyper. I was very active, and we had only gray sheet, two fried eggs, and a half a cantaloupe or a half a Mm -hmm. grapefruit every morning. Only I, one time after three months, had a small glass of non-fat milk, and she fired me. And I went away to college, knowing that you're supposed to do things like this. That is how I thought you were supposed to live. You were supposed to see what the rules were, and you never, ever are allowed to deviate from the rules. So I took Gray Sheet with me to college. And for about three weeks, I white-knuckled. And that didn't last very long. Um, I was a binge eater. I would eat in the cafeteria, stuff myself with huge amounts of food, and then go downstairs. I was the only person who knew where every single bathroom at UC (laughs) Irvine was. including the downstairs one in the dorm where nobody ever used it. it was, I was the only person who ever They didn't even know there was other people in the dorm didn't even know there was a bathroom there. Yeah. But I had to work in the morning, stuff myself, work at the cafeteria, stuff myself, run back, throw up in that bathroom, then run back to class, and it was horrible. And um, found doctors to talk to, found therapists to talk to, but I found a psychiatrist who thought, I said, if I eat one peanut beyond where I'm, I've i got this rule. That's it. I'm done. I'm I'm going to clean out everything in the house. I'm going to run to the store, buy all the stuff, come back, eat it all back down to where it was. And the psychiatrist said, I eat more than you do. And I thought, what part of addiction do you, you know, if you don't understand that you're addicted, you're addi- you can't get help. So, um, mom who was a therapist that was not very helpful either I don't want to I don't want to you know for me when I came back into program in 1980 I was 32 married for the third time still binging and vomiting I think my top weight I'm five feet one and I think my top weight was uh, about I think it was 139 or 142 so for a person that my size it was pretty a lot of weight that was with throwing up too. I got not so good at it. I got to the point where I couldn't, I had no gag reflex left. And so the part of my story that's hard to say are the other creepy, destructive things that I, the tools that I used to gag myself. I was deathly afraid that one of them would get caught, go down and I'd have to go to the emergency hospital and then everybody would know what I was doing. That was my big fear. And when I came back in 1980, uh, the surrender, I guess, at that point was total. I came into a Tuesday morning meeting at the Darby office in Reseda. There were 80 people in there. And I listened for that Tuesday morning meeting. And then I waited the entire till the following Tuesday, not thinking that maybe there were a few other meetings in the planet. But I, wasn't, I just thought, well, I found this meeting. That was good enough. When I went the next week, I could hardly keep my eyes open. I was listening to people, and I kept feeling like, God, I'm just falling asleep. And I leaned over to a teenager, and I said, I throw up, is it okay if I say that here? And she said, you can say anything you need to. And I'm shaking, I guess. (sighs) I don't know who that person is. I may never see her ever again, or maybe I've seen her a thousand times. I have no idea who she is but that young lady saved my ass. Um, that day, in a three-minute share, I, I listened, and those were, meetings were always an hour and a half, so we had more time, and they were big meetings. And finally, I was take, trying to get a turn, try, and I'm like And I shared every creepy, scary, horrible thing, including the bedwetting, including the everything that came out all in one three-minute share. And across the room, A lady named Beverly, who was grossly obese, I was looking at her while I was talking, and she had tears in her eyes. And I thought, "Oh my God, she throws up too." And I came outside from the meeting, and they have at that in that those at that time they had because the meeting was so big they pulled a table outside and they put all this literature out, and. Um, one of the pamphlets which we still thank God have is If God Spoke to OA, and I literally can remember doing this. I walked out and I thought, I'm looking at this literature and I am a freaking know-it-all. God! Nobody can tell me anything. So I see this pamphlet and I thought, oh my God, this must be really hooey. This is really going to be stupid. Let's see what God... That was my attitude. And I bought the pamphlet. I think it cost a dime at that time. And I was reading that pamphlet, and it said, it's in, it's in AA too, it said, I haven't given you this because of your brains. I haven't given you this because you're a scientist or a teacher or a doctor. or I've given you this because you have an understanding heart. And I thought, I heard in my heart, I heard somebody else around me has the same issue and I will understand if they share it. So from that moment, and that's 33 years ago, from that moment, um, I knew that my binging and vomiting and gagging and the whole process was a gift. It's really hard to say that out loud, it's hard to say using the stick end of a toothbrush and holding onto the bristles and ramming my throat, bleeding in the whole thing, turned out to be a gift. But um, because of the compulsion, because of my, you know, digging my heels in and being stubborn, just, God, not, not willing to quit no matter what, doesn't matter, I'm just you tell me no, I'm gonna dig in and I'm gonna hang on until it goes the way I think it should go. And I got a sponsor and she had not spoken about being a vomiter at the time, but it turned out after my I, I started speaking in the meetings, raising my hand and saying, I'm Kathy, i I'd say I'm Kathy, I'm a compulsive overeater in the whole room said I Kathy, and then I had to say and vomiter into this dead silence. Oh God, that was so hard. And I went to a retreat in Malibu, and there were probably 300 people at this overnight retreat. And I just went, "Oh crap, I gotta go speak." And I went up there, and I went, "I'm Kathy. I'm a compulsive. I'm a. I'm Kathy. I'm a vomiter and compulsive overeater." And they all went, "Hi, Kathy." And all of a sudden, it was like that (laughs) was it. So for that whole year, everywhere I went, I just said, "Vomiter and compulsive overeater. Vomiter and compulsive overeater." And we started dozens of meetings. And every time we started a meeting, there was another young lady and and me. Every time we started, there were men also, young, young teens. We would have 30 people who would show up, and it was almost always teenagers. Not every time, but 30 people. We thought, wow, this is amazing. We're all getting help. And the next week, there'd be six. And the next week after that, there would just be the two of us, and we'd keep trying, and couldn't get a meeting going. And so at that time, um, there was no word. I, I, there might have been a word, but I wasn't aware of the word bulimia. And we thought we had to have a special meeting, because you know people were like, they were coming up to us asking us how we could throw up, they were coming up to us and saying, you're disgusting, or, you know, Ew, that's horrible, that kind of thing. And after a while, I realized giving up the bulimia is so hard because you get the food. Mm-hmm. Because you get it. I get it. I get to eat this thing. And then I get rid of it, and I'm not fat. And so I had I had a few friends that were fat and I was envious of them for having the guts to be who they actually were. I didn't have that guts. I was a fraud from the get-go. Anyhow, um, I started going to regular meetings again. I started going in saying thank you. (laughs) Um, I started going in just saying okay, here goes. A way to find a way to accept me because I started saying I'm a a member because I say I am. I'm a member because I say I am. And I kept reading the third tradition. The only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop reading, eating impulsively. Every time I, even to this minute, even just now saying that, if that tradition had not been there, I would be zero. But it said, it said, you don't have to stop. Because I couldn't stop. Nothing was going to stop me. And I know if, I want to say that if a person in here happens to be a brand new person to OA or any of the 12-step programs, when I came I thought this God stuff was absolute shit. I already had spirituality. I knew that the planet was run by science and I don't know. I thought I was a really spiritual person so (laughs) they couldn't tell me anything about God. And over time because I had a huge amount of anger, resentment, sorrow I've had a lot of trauma in my life and over time I, I had that one first sponsor who was my sponsor for 13 years, no matter what was going on she said blah 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 doesn't take, take care of your needs, God takes care of your needs and I, I can literally, I can act this out so many times, I look at the what in the frick is she talking about I have no idea but over time I have had people in program who don't quit on me. They just say, okay, just, you know, you can do it your way as long as you want. Just keep going. And they'll say, you know, God, you know, you might ask God for help. You might, and I'm like, oh, God, I cannot believe I'm doing this. And there came a point, and I don't know when it was, that I thought I'm going to let every, I, I knew I needed a God that was absolutely the size of the planet because My anger and my venom and my rage were so explosive. So I needed a God that I could actually say, Fuck you, God. I hate your fucking guts. That's where I am. And I I created a God. I created a God that that said, No matter how horrible you are, no matter how horrible you think you are, no matter what you've done, no matter who you've hurt, I'm bigger than you are. And I thought, so even to this day, I get, I got, I'm in a therapy situation, and I have a wonderful therapist, and a few weeks ago, something she said wounded me beyond, I was unable to get out of bed for the whole day. I knew that it was not her words that created the wound. I knew that she was expressing something, and I have a lot of suffering. I have a lot of wound inside. And so the next morning after that appointment, I started calling all people, and I went I had this person and this person. Nobody was available. And I kept saying, I don't want to call my therapist. Damn it, I'm mad at her. Damn it. So I called my sponsor. She didn't answer. I called this long-term friend. She said, she was actually, answering the phone and she said, I'm really busy. Can you make another call? I went, how, I, To myself, I went, how many times have I taken, I didn't say it to her, but I thought, how many times have I been busy and taken your call anyway? You know, my whole, my whole crud was, um, after all I've done for you after all I've been for you." And I said, yes I can, Clunk. And after a while I thought, I've got to call my therapist. That's where the hurt is, I have to, the hurt came from how it felt, not what she did, and I called in total shame. And I said, left a message, I said, I love you, and I trust you, but what happened yesterday has left me feeling like absolute garbage. And I had written that, I had written God I don't know what happened to me, but I know I am garbage. And this is two weeks ago. So these wounds and these hurts take time. So she called back and she said, let me try to say what I said yesterday in a way that's that, that you can hear better. And it was so loving. And I could feel the sense of loss and the sense of being alone. And I have this baby inside that is always going to be there and she's very badly wounded. Nobody did this to her. Nobody picked her up and cradled her and took care of her. But I'm not just six hours old anymore. I'm 65 and I am learning through people here and through some good therapy too. For me that's important. I'm getting the sense that there is a part of me now that can pick up that baby. I actually see myself sometimes sitting down and I have a lap and there's this two-year-old and it's two-year-old Kathy and I am holding her and that is it's an amazing thing so for me the spiritual part of the program has led me to say I believe that this is just my opinion every single thing in every aspect of my life is a God process for me It doesn't matter how ugly it sounds. It doesn't matter how terrible I feel about it. I I still have a big mouth. I still say things I wish I hadn't said. And in the 10th step, it says promptly admit it. And I'm not so great about promptly, not Mm -hmm. so good, Mm -hmm. trying to be better. But I do have the courage today. I have the courage to pick up the phone, maybe to call 10 people first, which I usually have to do, and I can Mm -hmm. say... I think I said something that might have felt really awful and I am really sorry that I said that you know I can't make it be unsaid I can't make it be unsaid but I can say I am sorry that that's what I said and I'm not completely demoralized by total shame just because I said a hurtful thing so uh, in the Sunday morning meeting I'm wrapping up thank you so much in the Sunday morning meeting oh wonderful okay. <laughs> In the Sunday morning meeting here at Eisenhower Medical Center, it's every Sunday morning at 9.30, about, um, let's see, I guess it was late February, I gave them a notice and I said, I'm going to be taking a 28-year chip. Mm-hmm. And when I was nine months pregnant pr- with my oldest son who has just turned 28, I got off the elevator for my last appointment And I had been binging and vomiting off and on during the pregnancy. Thought I was being perfect because I was coating my stomach with cottage cheese (laughs) first, oh God. But I got off the elevator out to here and I thought, I literally thought, it it was February 20th, 1985, I thought, God, I don't remember my last binging and vomiting
1: episode
0: and I thought, And from that day, I have had 28 years of relief. Do I ever eat something I wish I hadn't ha- eaten? Of course, once in a while, not too much, but once in a while, I actually, not too long ago, had this, was walking by something in my house, and I thought, God, I feel like unco- oh I think I'll go throw up." holy crap. I actually had the thought, I could feel that, Jesus, I could get rid of this. But I have been working one day at a time, and I can't say that enough. Sometimes it's only an hour. Sometimes it's only a minute. Sometimes it's, okay, for this one minute, I am not going to do this thing. I'm not going to either eat that thing or I'm not going to say this vile thing that I really like to say. And make a few fall phone calls and write as much as I need to write. Call someone. Do something. And... So for me to take a 28 year chip, I was a vomiter, aggressively vomiting, sometimes 12 times in a day, so that's thousands and thousands of dollars for 23 years that I'm aware of. And I always say if I'm sponsoring somebody, I do this. There are 10 or 20, if you want to count your toes, there are hundreds of choices. One of them might be read a piece of literature, one of them might be make a phone call, one of them might be go to a movie. I don't know what they all are. And one of them is binge. One of them is eat. And so what I have learned here is that if I do all the work, what I say to someone, who when someone calls me and says, I just finished throwing up and I feel terrible. And I say, okay, you made this choice. How do you feel about yourself? I feel like crap, I feel like garbage, blah, blah, blah. So I just say, okay, there's nothing bad. There's nothing sinful. There's nothing wrong with making that choice, except, how you feel about yourself after you've done it. So the idea is we're not sinners, we're not shitheads, we're not garbage, because we have it di- for me, because I have a disease, because I make choices sometimes that are not so wonderful, because I forget to, you know, I have to have a God that whacks me on the head quite regularly. Thank you, you're a doll. Um, <laughs> but the only thing bad about it is that I have one more time done something that makes me feel like nothing. And so, what I try to say is, let's see if there's a next time something else you might choose to do, where afterwards you say, I didn't swallow that thing. I wish I had swallowed it, because I really thought it was gonna taste great. But the swallowing itself for vomiters, for me, that's soothing, but that's not long time soothing. Long time soothing is, Okay, I'm going to leave that thing over there or run it down the garbage disposal and call 10 people and say, I've got to tell you that I didn't eat that thing. And they say, oh my God, I'm so grateful that you called me because I was just about to eat something. So I've given them something by choosing to do something good for myself. And I'm, I'm new at this. I've been doing this many, many years and every single dog on day. I'm, you know, two weeks ago, I'm a piece of garbage one more time. But I have some some tools. So my only thing to say is, just in case you might be a brand new person, give it a try. Listen, take take anything that works for you, dump anything that doesn't. OA works for me the way I say it's going to work. I show up and I say, I'm not How. How's a wonderful program, but when I've been in a How meeting and they'll say, you lead today and I'll say I'll be happy to lead but I'm not how you you guys choose and sometimes they say no thank you and sometimes they say okay I get to be me I get to be the same butt sitting in the same chair that everybody I take up the same space and that's a new experience for me so I'm really grateful to be of service I was very honored to be asked um, we're going to be opening the, the meeting for five for three minute shares and I know that they've asked people to please come up here because it's easier to hear, but just in case that doesn't feel okay to you, just do whatever works for you. So I thank you very, very, very much. Thank you for my time. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Okay, let me just double check that I do this correctly. The meeting is now open for three minutes. I'm saying shares because I was told that a pitch is what you sell someone and I'm not selling anything. And that's just my, you know, big Please focus your share on the topic and limit your sharing to three minutes to give other people a chance to share. The session will end in 30 minutes at 11.30. And thank you all. So I'm going to just stand over here. here. Anybody who wishes, thank you? Come up if you just want to share. <laughs> If you feel comfortable, come up. Or if you don't, just...
2: What is <laughs> I, I, when I struggle and I really like some feedback, not cross-talking, but after the meeting um, is I've only eaten to throw up. It doesn't matter what the food is foods available. As long as it's easy. And so you're it's a it's a whole new We need you louder. It's a whole new thinking of how do I sit with that stuff in my stomach, you know, because as soon as I put even a small amount my body just goes, there here she goes just prepares the acid in the stomach and prepares all the physical stuff and I'm crazy for about 45 minutes after I eat. I just, I can't sit with myself I can't, I, you know, I've been encouraged to, you might go for a walk do this, do things you know, phone calls and stuff but I'm just an irritated fucking mess and I I, that to me is the hardest part, the willingness I got it, the praying about it, I got it, you know, I just, what I don't have is the, I guess what, maybe this will come with time, the underlying irritation, resentment, anger, whatever, which I don't know what it is, it's just a pain in the ass. I don't know what the bottom line is yet, and I like everything all compartmentalized. think that's why this is taken over in a way, it's way too much for me. I, I just realized that I, I I don't multitask. I do one thing and then I do the next thing. And I do, it's either dinner time or not dinner time. It's either TV time or not TV time. And what it just dawned on me is I want this program to be part of my life. I don't want it to be just a part of my life want it to be inclusive in my life not just separate in a compartment where I can say, okay, now I'm a lay person now I'm fly fishing person now I'm whatever and it's very weird because the compartmentalizing I think has been my survival skill for all, all these years and um, I read somewhere that spirituality is an awakening it doesn't higher power God it, is, it wasn't discussed, it's just you're a spiritual person you're becoming awakened into things in your life and that's kind of where i feel i am today and i it's pretty uncomfortable because if you live in a coma it's a lot easier for me you know i can just zone right out and i don't know who that lady is who goes to bonds it's not me you know so i can just separate from myself and so living one day at a time oh yeah let's say two minutes at a time or um just being conscious you know just it's kind of like a happy awareness of so now I can't go back then I, you know if you don't know something you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. and you can't change if you don't know but now that you know you're like now I'm really fine because <laughs> now I know there's a solution and it's all good an opportunity etc
3: I'm a Hi, Hi, Catherine. You know, I've been an anorexic, bulimic, full well, or I've been 77 pounds. I've been 240 or whatever. And um, I was told that bulimics and anorexics are more extreme, mm-hmm. and that we're more dramatic. And oh my gosh! <laughs> and, and so to be comfortable being in the midstream, that I'm not comfortable just being middle of the road. You know, one of the many average Joe, average talking, walking, looking, thinking, acting, whatever. Like, I'll even stir up the pot to be a little bad so somebody will go, look at me, look at me. And so, you know, I know that, that all diseases for me are the same, ego-driven, obsessive, self-centered, you know, sabotage, etc. So, <coughs> what I love about going to these things is that it's a very simple program. It's, it's the 12 steps and 12 traditions, and that is the disease so what I talk to people that I work with, it's like, oh, it sounds like like you're a compulsive overeater to me, or oh, gee, you know, that's the default position that we always have. You know, we're crazy. You know, recidivist thinking, acting, believing, we go back to status quo. We go back to the womb. We do that's normal behavior. So and you know, I love the, I love all twelve step material, and one of them says, if you're shocked, surprised, whatever that you do this. There's that, that's just a that's, a, that's an ego thing. So for me, I love that process. To me, the bulimic, anorexic thing is so hard because the thinking is the hardest thing that goes away. That perfectionistic, you know, black and white, got to have it absolutely perfect. I'm not going to start it until I'm absolutely 100% ready. You know, I still do that at work. And I get tripped up. I get called on the carpet. But, you know, we got to, I need, I the reason I need people to go, you're being too hard on yourself, honey. You you know, it's okay, we love you, you know. This is normal, just look at where you've come from. So for me, I haven't had perfect road either because I'm used to being underweight even in OA or really fat. And I did all the programs how and all that and I would always overshoot the mark because I wasn't comfortable being a normal size ever. And so I would be the best person. If you said three calls, I'd make 15 calls. <laughs> if, if you said go on that first 30-day food plan, I'd stick to it for six months, you know, because I didn't want to deviate from the plan ever. So you got to have, for me, I got to have a sponsor that knows me and that calls me on my little things and doesn't, you know, I have a unique situation, which is whatever it is. And so for me, I have to be around people that know me and that can recognize what I'm doing. And I, more than that, at some point, I this higher power has to be it. And that's what I need reminding always is that it really is a higher power thing. And I was also told, you know, 12-step people always, without exception, have a problem with the idea of God, and they're always, without exception, the people that need it the most. So that's where we're screwed if we don't jump on. So you can know absolutely that you are screwed until you hit that bottom, until you go... Go to enough meetings to, to have that bottom slap you in the butt so that you can give up this control. Because the control that I felt that ran my life, that made me feel safe and secure, was the thing that was driving me to an early grade. And you can know that intellectually forever, but you're not done until you're done. So you've got to make yourself ready to be done. And that's what I would say. Just keep coming back no matter what. Love everybody. I'm glad you're here. Thank you I'm Kathy,
1: Pulseful Reader and Bulimic. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> and, um, boy, I really appreciate your story and thank you. Um, I, it's Mine is kind of similar. I started the bulimia in high school. And it was uh, like a fun thing to do, you know, go binge and purge. And then um, I, I started some very dangerous laxative abuse um, that probably went to about my 20s. And, um, I, uh, in college, I found OA, and, um, you know, it's funny, because I went to a gray sheet meeting. That would have been, um, like, I don't know, 1973, maybe, and, or 74, and um, what really helped, you know, OA has helped me at different times in my life in different ways, and at that time, you know, I was trying to get through college, and um, the gray sheet really kind of helped me at that point, have a real structured plan and the structure and that helped me get through college and you know go on to have kids become a nurse and all that stuff but um, I um, my story is, is some great recovery and, and some relapse and so I was kind of back and forth to OA and the bulimia got kind of bad again, not the laxative, I haven't used laxative since 73 or whatever but um, and, um when I was 44, I'm 60, so that would have been about 16 years ago, um, I was desperate again, came to OA, I started the binging and purging. And with me, the purging does not keep my weight down. It, I always end with a binge. I mean, it just, you know, when you purge, you're starving afterwards, and then I'll you know, so I, my weight was the highest when I was purging the worst. Now, I got close to about like 190, I to 198 but I uh, went to, back to OA and I really listened and I found this wonderful wonderful woman who uh, also had a severe eating disorder she weighed 400 pounds and okay oh, and um, that woman gave me just wonderful unconditional love uh, she's my sponsor I, I got 11 years of beautiful not just recovery. I mean, it was recovery. It was freedom. I wasn't on a strict plan. I was on a real, a solid three meals a day, something I could really live with. I, my, the weight just came off. I lost like fifty pounds, and um, that was the best freedom I've ever had. And then, just fast forward, um, my beautiful, wonderful sponsor, she died, um, and and there was just a lot of things. I was starting to kind of fall off the cliff. A She died. But this woman, I just want to say, this woman, when she sponsored me, would go up to uh, 400, then come down, and then go up. But this woman had a beautiful knowledge and recovery. And I thank God, God put her in my life. But um, I just want to say that, (coughs) you know, I went back to the purging, and um, um, I came a year ago to this convention in Sacramento. And I got absent again, so it's been now. It's been about a year since I've been able to purge, and, and i crazy. Can
4: I sit right here? Sure. <laughs> um, I'm Kelly, compulsive over Hi, Kelly. along with other things. I um came into program about a year ago after lifetime of. I start myself and I tried a couple of years ago um, to throw up and I was a failure with that. All I did was literally burst every blood vessel in both of my eyes,
3: mm-hmm.
4: honest to yeah. and, and still couldn't even throw up. So um, I teach exercise, I'm a personal trainer and I teach classes for a living. And so I never saw exercising for six hours a day is a problem. Mm-hmm. I saw it as fixing the problem of the binge from the day before and um my big thing is sugar. I binge horribly on sugar. I could get I could go maybe a month without eating it but it would always end in a huge binge and um and then I I haven't had sugar or flour It'll be a year in August mm-hmm. which is enormous for me and uh, but I still struggle with what brought me here was I did a three week cleanse where I lost almost 20 pounds in three weeks and I got so many compliments at the gym it was a high like I had never experienced in my life but when I ended of course I did it was 500 calories a day with these stupid drops um, and I was I could do that like you give me black and white and I'm there mm-hmm. I'm on it I'm going to overshoot the mark every time and I did I wasn't supposed to lose that much weight apparently, but um, when, it, when it ended I was most people at the gym everybody was trying this thing and when it ended they were like, "Oh great. I was terrified because it meant I had to try and eat normal food again and I gained back most of it and it's, it's been humiliating for everybody at work to watch me do this. It's been absolutely humiliating and I've been chasing that stupid, ridiculous mm-hmm. size that I should have never been as a grown woman with three children.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I keep chasing that, and it's not real. And in my head, I know it's not real. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be. But this last year, I've been chasing it. And even, you know, I thought if I could just get abstinent, I wouldn't hurt myself with over anymore. And I've been abstinent, and it's been better. But, I, like I said, I teach classes five days a week, so I get to exercise two hours a day doing that. The days that I, the weekends, even if I say, okay, I'm not gonna exercise today. Like right now, I gotta be honest. I'm in gym clothes, because I'm going to the gym. You know, I'm going to the gym on lunch break. I, I feel like I wanna crawl out of my skin if I can't exercise. Like if I can't fit it in on a weekend, if my kids have games and I just can't fit it in, I literally just want to crawl out of my skin. I I get itchy if I thought it would be gone by now. Mm -hmm. And it's been a year and it's not. And I feel like I do constantly, and I do pinch in the past. I fit into OA. I relate to everything 100%. I'm not a full anorexic. I don't throw up. So it's like I'm in this gray area, and I don't hear many people talk about the overexercising You know, running 15 miles even when I, you know, have a sore ankle or whatever. So um, anyway, but I relate with everything here because when I hear purging, I think my way of purging is different, but it's it's getting rid of of the binge. So um, my first convention, and I'm I'm just it's just been great,
5: absolutely great. Thank Thank you so much. And I'm so glad you shared, Kelly, because I, um, my big thing, um, the binging and purging, is um, I started doing that when I was about 16 years old, and um, I did it until I was 28, and when I was 28, I got abstinent. But what I really relate to what you were talking about is I really struggle with I mean everybody would be like, You're thin, you're thin and I know I'm I don't think I, I don't think I am until I go to the gym I'm like, God, you know, you see yourself in the mirror. But I also have anxiety if I can't exercise and um I had a after twenty four years of abstinence, I didn't do anything that this program taught me to do anymore. I just, just started doing whatever, thinking I was normal, as a normal eater. And um I relapsed last year and it was awful. It was like I had never been in recovery. I went, went back to binging and purging every night till I passed out. And then sometimes it started during the day. And I couldn't work. I took a leave of absence from work for depression and bulimia. I mean, I just become non-functional. I just become non-functional. But when I was in treatment, I realized that I didn't, you know, I had like this time to like do, you know, prayer and meditation, you know, just... I don't know. When I had time off, I was—it it was easier to do the OA stuff. It was easier to easier to talk to God, and and you know, it seemed like to spend time doing you know reading and, and meditation. And um, I realized that I didn't have to exercise all the time to be okay. But then when I went back to work and the stress, and it's like I go back to the same things that I did before. Not all of them. I have almost six months of absence, thank God, because of this program. Um, but it's so hard, I mean, and I know that that's that's me trying to control. It's not me letting God just like have the food and 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 not trying to control and um the outcome of what I look like. You know, it's the fear and not letting go and letting God and just say, "Okay, God, you know." me stay abstinence and work these steps and go to these meetings and make these phone calls and you know whatever i end up looking like i leave it up to you and i think i mean i just said what i think i need to do that i haven't been willing to do but it is really scary i, I have the anxiety when i can't you know if, if you know if something gets in the way of my exercise time and um but i just you know i related to what you were sharing it's feels so hard to me To get ready it's like what do i have to do to get ready to get abstinent i mean how bad does it have to get you know do i have to have a bleeding esophagus or whatever you know and what happened with me before i ever got abstinent like in the um you know in the 80s was i just kept i kept going to meetings i got a sponsor i tried to work the steps the best i could although it's hard when you're not abstinent because it's like a crazy person it's like a drinking person trying to work steps. But I developed relationships with people. I would go to workshops and retreats, and I would do all this stuff, these tools, until one day I just couldn't go on. And then, and then I had all these tools in place, and I got abstinent. So I just, I just, I'm just not going to give up. And one thing I'm glad you shared, Kathy, about the sponsor, because I don't have a sponsor. I need to have a sponsor. But I am working the steps of the step guide, and that's what's really helping helping me right now. So. Anyway, it's fantastic to be here, and thanks
6: for letting me share. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Um, I'm Kurt, and, uh, I'm, Hi, yeah, Kurt. I'm, Kurt. Kelly, and I'm an anorexic. Hi, Kurt. I'm an A little more difficult because uh, I'm a, obviously a male, and uh, I'm in the construction business. and So there's not a lot of us out there. If there is... They don't admit it, okay. so it's good to come and to, to hear and to listen. Quickly on my story is um, I um, I ended up in the hospital for 42 days because of my anorexia. Um, I definitely overtrained. Uh, I was doing triathlons, and uh, I got down to 121 pounds. So I'm almost six foot, oh. and uh, uh, landed in the hospital for 42 days. Had two surgeries that, that probably should have taken my life. One of them, there's uh, a 66, 63 chance you don't get out of the table. Um, obviously, I did survive that. Well, I did I wasn't. A, I like. I guess I liked the 42 days, so I decided then I just wasn't doing any better. So I had to go to a treatment center for eating disorders. They specifically treat uh, eating disorders. I went to Buffalo Gap, Texas, and I was there for 42 days. I went to the treatment center. Again, I was the only guy there, it was all, all females. and So it's, it's a little difficult. Um, I just came from the men's meeting, which was kind of neat because there's not a whole lot of guys in this program I can relate to a woman, I to a certain point. <laughs> um, and so, um, so anyway, I got out and um, it felt pretty good. I was about 18 months, 17, 18 months absent. Mm-hmm. I have a good food program. My exercise was pretty much under control, and then I started slipping, and then I got into full balloon and that the first part of the year. And uh, I knew I was in trouble again. I went back to Shades of Hope, uh, March 10th, and I, tra- I checked in, and then I stayed for another 60 days. So I, I was out uh, around May 10th or so. So I've been absent now since March 10th until now. Um, but it's strong. I mean, it's a cruel health struggle. Uh, it's a struggle for me to eat. It's a struggle for me to uh, stay my food plan. It's really a struggle for me not to go. When I would exercise, I'd exercise four to six hours a day. And I was run 10 miles. I'd ride my bike 25, 30 miles. I'd swim a couple miles, that's a the a day. And then on Saturday, then i really get with it. so, and so, um, so um, and I just, I just, you know, I just struggle with it. Um, I've got an exercise accountability partner now that I have to have. Like, and so they, they keep monitoring on me. I've got people, I've got an accountability team I've got an answer to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh there's about half a dozen of them and at any point at any time they can ask me any questions, I mean, I have to know if rigorous about it. And So uh, so anyway, um, it's just good to be here, it's good to share and uh, Facebook.
7: I just need to say one thing. I'm um, Stephanie. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I'm a laxative bulimic. This, Stephanie. 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 The, this is the first time I'm saying it. I've been in a way for 24 years. I've lost 175 pounds, and then I discovered laxatives, so I could. And I've been a laxative abuser for 20 years. I was just sitting here thinking, when did I first discover laxatives? It was 1993, so it's 20 years. I've never shared about it before. I've never told another human being. I became very, what I thought was good at hiding it. At least no one ever confronted me with it and um, I've never been in a meeting really focusing on this where I've heard the things I've heard today and how hard it is to quit because we get to eat and we get to not be fat. My weight's always gone up and down 20, 30, 40 pounds but I've never been you know over 300 pounds again and I eat a lot, and I get addicted to fresh vegetables. I mean, I can (laughs) eat, I'm one of those people, heads and heads and heads of cauliflower, nonstop, that's an example, chunky things that fill my stomach, and I actually get addicted to them. It's unbelievable, there's nothing I can not get addicted to. I crave cauliflower and broccoli. Broccoli really feels. Um, I moved to California two years ago and I now grow (laughs) all my (laughs) things in my backyard. Apple trees and pear trees. I planted all this stuff not really realizing I'm planting my um, my food addiction seems to find new ways every single day to come at me if I deal with one food related problem <coughs> I just somehow morph into the next one and it's endless and um, I'm addicted to so many things anything that I could ingest mm-hmm it's great to finally
8: say thank you thank you hi my name is Simma I've had all three aspects, anorexia, bulimia and um, Mm I'm also the the strongest feeling that I'm having today is that my disease does not um, my disease does not care about um, Mm -hmm. my age my race my education level, uh, my income, and um, it is out there to kick my butt, and it is out there waiting to counsel me at all times. And it's not gonna give up. Um, Although, so that's the problem, and we all, obviously, we all identified together with the problem. What I also know is that as much as the problem doesn't have any prejudice, neither does the solution. And the solution, for me has been um, that the solution is a spiritual solution. Um, I grew up in one religion. I studied many different religions. Um, I grew up in the entertainment business, a gymnast, a swimmer, an athlete, and I was always in small clothes. I was always in front of mirrors. I've um, been about 40, 45 pounds less than I am today. I've been about 60 pounds more than I am today and um, what brought me into the program was my disease was coming back at me again um, about 10 years ago. And um, I mean, not 10 years ago, um, in my 30s. And I came into program, and, and I didn't know about bulimia, and, and so I went to the other 12-step program, and there, you know, anyway. But what brought me in um, about 10 years ago, in my late 30s, was a pregnancy. And then I found out it was a girl. And there was no way that I was gonna be able to teach her how to take care of herself if I didn't have, I couldn't transmit it. So the solution for me has been spiritual. It, and, and my sponsor that I chose, when I first called her with my first like major, okay, let's go, we're gonna work now. And she responded, God only God. And I went, oh, are you kidding me? okay, are you kidding me? I mean, I thought you were really a smart woman. This is what all you're giving me? You know? I was like, gee whiz, I made a mistake. took nine months to even build up the courage to ask her. But I thought, oh I I am making a mistake. And um, God only God became, okay, I'm open, I'm willing. The bottom came up and hit me. We all talked about that. That bottom came up and hit me. You know, I was one of those people in the big book where I didn't, the bottom came up to meet me. I didn't have to go get it. But I'm not, all I have is today. I don't even think I have, like, have today. I have, I got past breakfast, now the next one's lunch. And that bottom is there waiting. And the disease is waiting for me. But God became part of, like, God only God was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, did I pray? Oh no, I can't remember to pray. And then eventually it was God became part of every solution. Uh, just a small part of it. And then God became the first part of every solution. And I turned to... Higher power, spiritual energy, God—I don't care what you call it. I don't, you know. This is what I say. I don't care what you call your God. Just call
2: them, okay? <laughs> call him,
8: call her, call it, whatever. We, ha- I have to have something outside this human. You know, humans are there, and God can speak through you. But if I don't have this, this, the power, this God gives me this power, I have to do the footwork to use the power. But it's always a spiritual solution what was in here, whether we were raped, whether we were beat, whether we were anorexic, whether we still do it, whether we don't, it, the answer is always spiritual, it's just, what did it say, spiritual, spiritual hole, and I've got to, fill, I can't fill it with food, I can't fill it with the numbing out of purging, and, because this is just looking to kick my butt every day, and today I have a God, I didn't think I would get seven minutes without purging, and I'm fortunate that, and I'm very, very grateful that I have seven years. Mm-hmm. And my daughter has somebody that she can learn from. She knows this program's here. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, if she decides she needs a seat in here, she's not gonna be not knowing, like most you know, some of us said, we didn't even know it was there, because we're different. Like, we're, But we're really not different. Anorexic, bulimic, compulsive eater, we're all the same. With what we do here is the same. What we do with our food might be different. And what we do inside our head is all the same. And I'm just grateful for this solution
3: because
0: without it, I'm a an goner, and I'm grateful. Thank, all. Y'all. Thank you Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know there may be others who would like to share so please take our, we'll take it outside and do any sharing we need to do um, but we have to close the meeting. So it is now time to close this session.
7: I